0: Lord Jesus, I pray that our eyes will be fixed on you this morning. I thank you that scripture will come to life. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that our hearts will be soft. I pray, Lord, that you will do today what only you can do. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, At the moment, as you can see, uh, the series, we're going to do a little mini-series. It's called ECG, and there is a, a medical test that people do. It's called an echocardiogram. For short, it's ECG. And what it does is essentially tests the condition of our heart. And today what we are going to be doing is we're going to be doing a spiritual ECG. We are going to stand before God, and it's a personal thing, and we're going to ask God where our heart is at. And our primary text for this morning is Luke 8. And the major theme for Luke 8 is faith. We want to be a people of faith. There's a a quote by a guy named H.L. Mencken. And he defined faith as an illogical belief in the occurrence of the impossible. What he's actually defining there is superstition. That's not faith at all, because faith isn't based on illogical or impossible. It's based on absolute truth. Uh, And next week I'll be talking about faith and how we can get our faith to the next level. Because all of us in this room have faith, and we want to make sure that our faith is maturing and advancing and going to the next level. So next week I'll be talking about taking our faith there. Hebrews 11 verse 1 says this. Faith is what makes real the things we hope for. It's the proof of what we cannot see. And the truth is that, that it's not faith that separates Christians from non-Christians. Because everybody has faith. Everybody in this room has faith. The difference, the thing that separates us is the object of our faith. So all of us have faith. Right now you are full of faith. But the object of our faith can vary. And it's, it's, our faith is only as strong as what we put it in. And recently, I've just been looking at the world and looking at my own life and being a mirror held up. And I've been actually evaluating, where is where is my faith genuinely in all areas? Um, so we think to ourselves, just because I know Jesus, I have faith. But meanwhile, we might not have faith in God in every area just because we, you know, it's a church thing as opposed to a life thing. As Christians, we want to put our faith in every area of our lives in Jesus Christ. In every area of our lives. And we want to base it on the truth and the foundation of the word of God. Not philosophy, theory, trending things, topic, news of the day. We want to base our faith in our relationship with Jesus Christ and the truth of the word. Therefore, the word of God needs to be heard, it needs to be understood, and it needs to be applied in order to be effective. Uh, Romans ten, verse 17. So faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the words of Christ. From Luke eight, verse, I mean Luke eight, verse one to twenty-one. If you look, if you read Luke, and I encourage you, don't just let us read scripture to you. Go home and Go through these scriptures. The word here is used nine times, and it means a whole lot more than just hearing. It means listening with spiritual understanding. So so this morning, as I'm preaching, my heart is that you will listen with a spiritual understanding that brings revelation from the Holy Spirit. We all know there is a big difference between listening, hearing, and understanding. Being married helps us distinguish the difference between listening, hearing, and understanding. And the difference is generally expressed, listen to this, The difference is generally expressed through action rather than acknowledgement. To hear something, you can acknowledge it and not pay any attention. You know, you're hearing it and you go, okay, yes, no, no, I hear it, I understand it or whatever. But the only difference, you know that you've heard it is through action. Um, that's when we know. So over the next few weeks, we're going to prepare our heart for an infusion of faith. And I really, this is a personal thing because I can speak today and nothing can happen. Or through your own relationship and hunger and desire for God, something radical can happen in your lives. Hebrews 11 verse 6 from the easy to read version. <laughs> I'm going to that more and more. I guess it's just where my brain is at. It says this, without faith, no one can please God. Whoever comes to God must believe that he is real And that he rewards those who sincerely try to find him. I've noticed that common sense seems to be a thing of the past. If you look at the world today, you're like, where on earth is common sense gone? It's gone. Like Charlotte once said, she said, common sense is not that common. And it's lost. Common sense seems to be lost in today's world. And what happens is because common sense is lost, people, I think, are searching for it. And I believe that, that in people's quest to make sense of life and themselves, it's going to lead them straight into the arms of Jesus. So what happening, I believe, in culture and the world today is preparing us for a great season of harvest. Because common sense is a thing of the past, and people are looking for truth, and Jesus will be discovered. The harvest is plentiful right now, and we need to be a people of faith, not just following the trends of society, but actually people that are rooted and founded on the truth of Scripture. God is the Creator. We are his creation. And scripture reveals that who God is and and, and how life works and who we are. And we need to be a people of faith. It must be heard. The gospel must go beyond the walls of this room. It's so very important. So today's scripture um, is preparing us for a future of faith. Prepare your hearts. Prepare your own hearts. This is it. Luke 8 verse 5 to 8 says this. Please, I, I, I ask you to guard yourself from going, oh, I know this one. You, all If you've been a Christian for a certain amount of time, you probably do. But let's make this something that goes to the heart. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and it was trampled on, and the birds of the air ate it up. Some fell on the rock, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked it, uh, choked, with it choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than what was sown. When he said this, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And I believe that's what God is saying to the church right now. He who has ears to hear, let them hear. Verse 11, Jesus explains the meaning of this parable. There are three elements to this parable. There is the seed, the sower, and the soil. Seed, sower, soil. Very simple. The seed. This is what the seed is. The seed is the word of God. So right now, every, every time that you... that As you're sitting here this morning and you're listening to me preach, seeds are being sown into your lives. Um, Every time you take one of those alpha pamphlets and you put them in someone's hand, or you share your testimony, or you share your faith, or you invite them to church, you are sowing seeds into people's lives. Or you're inviting them to an environment where those seeds are being sown. And it's so important that we situate ourselves where seeds are being sown, and we are sowing seeds. It's important to note this, that the seed doesn't change. Right, The farmer doesn't have good seed for good soil and bad seed for bad soil. He has the seed, and as he sows the seed, it lands on different types of soil. Same seed, different soil conditions. Same word, different heart conditions. Right, That's why sometimes I will preach what I'm preaching today, and somebody will be like, that's absolutely amazing because of what God said, and their faith will expand, and they'll feel challenged, and they'll come alive, and other people feel, i got nothing. I was more there for the entertainment, and it wasn't so good for me today. As opposed to, Lord, what are you saying? Am I hearing your voice? And then we allow God to transform us. It's the same seed. It's going out this morning. Then there is the sower. That is the one sharing the seed. Every time that we read our Bibles, the seed of God is being sown into our hearts. But what happens is if you want a crop, you plant seeds today, you don't go tomorrow and get the the fruit of that um, seed. So what happens is we read Bible, or we we pray and we trust God, and we don't see immediate change, so we give up on that. But the seed we sow today will be future harvest. So we keep sowing the seed because we know that a harvest is coming in the future. And if we don't see immediate fruit, what do we do? Keep sowing the seed. Keep going back to Scripture. Keep going back to basics. Keep reading your Bibles. Every time that we share the gospel with with someone, we are sowing seeds in the Spirit that have supernatural power to transform their lives forever for eternity we should be so grateful right now sitting in this room for the people that sowed seeds into our lives so if there's somebody that you know that sowed seed into your life and trusted god for you and shared the word with you and shared a testimony invited you to church give them a high five and say thank you because god did something in that moment that yeah there we go people are high-fiving around the room that's awesome so there's the seed there's the sower and then there's the soil the soil is our hearts in other words who we are at the core And I know you might be like, Tim, you've said this before, but it's not about how many times we've heard it. It's about, have I received this? Right? In other words, who we are at the car, because uh, over the last few few years, I believe, that, that the whole world has been in a massive furnace. And we are finding out what's truly on the inside. And we don't always like what we see. And what I know, it's only when the pressure is on do we discover what we truly believe and who we are on the inside. And we know this, that when the pressure is on City Hill Church, we want to produce fruit. We want to be people that actually what we say we believe is what we actually live. Uh, And we'd love to say that when we are under pressure, we turn to Jesus. When the pressure is on in my life, what's my default? Oh, I just go to Jesus, and I trust Him, and and I listen to His word, and that's what I do. When the financial pressure is on, I will turn to my provider, and I will trust Him. Or I will lose the plot. Start making terrible decisions, become a nightmare to the people that I live with, question why I was born, and fall apart. Those are the options, right? Remember, and I've shared this before, public convictions, what we want people to think we believe. Personal convictions, what we think we believe until we are tested. And core convictions, what we truly believe. This week and next week, I'm trusting God that our core convictions and our personal convictions will merge into the same thing. And we will all move forward in faith. That your faith right now is not where it will be in two weeks' time. Because God's going to do something supernatural in your hearts. But I can't make that happen. God can knock, but only you can open. So I'm encouraging you to say, Lord Jesus, please, by your spirit, speak to me today. Let something happen. So this morning, we're going to look at four different conditions of the heart. Three of them produce... No fruits, one of them produces a great harvest. You are somewhere on that spectrum of, or that scale of where your heart is at. Um, Think about this. The seed without the soil is fruitless. It's not about, okay, I heard, the soil and the seed need to go together, and the soil without the seed is almost useless. I believe that the word of God can change our lives, not because of the way that it was preached, but because of the way it was received. And I'm not saying that the preaching doesn't matter, you know, like how the person communicates. All that does make a difference. But if you are in this room, and you are genuinely hungry for God, and you want to hear His voice, and you want to know Him, then it doesn't matter who's up here, because God will speak to you through that, because you are so hungry for His presence. Um, so, even when things start going bad, we say, Lord Jesus, help us not be distracted by what isn't right, but help us to appreciate you, help us to discover you. So what's the different heart conditions? Let's do self-audit. Because barring salvation, it's possible that our hearts can regress. And you might have been in a place where you're so close to God and everything was so wonderful and you were connecting with Him, but you've noticed that over time you've become a little bit more distant and and disconnected. And it's possible for, for it to happen to all of us. Like any muscles, faith needs to be exercised. Yet when we don't exercise, muscles don't just stay where we left them. They start to deteriorate. So the first heart condition is this, the hard heart. There we go. Obviously it's none of us but if you bump into someone from the community that anyway, Luke 8 verse 12, those along the path are the ones who hear. And then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so they may not believe and be saved. And you might be here sitting today and you're thinking, that's not fair because the devil stole the word from our heart before it got a chance to take root. So therefore, it's not my fault. It's the devil's fault. But the reason that the enemy was able, or the bird was able to take the seed, was because it landed on the pathway. And what is the pathway? That's the question. It's it's, what hardens the heart. In natural, a pathway is ground that has been compacted again and again and again and again over time. And over time, it has gone hard. And I'm saying this, that we we must acknowledge and pay attention to where our heart is at because we might not realize that it's going hard over time. Right? There are many things that harden our hearts. Pride. Hurt, anger, rejection, offense, bitterness, as people walk into and over and through our lives, often what they can do is they can harden us to what God is doing, what God is saying, to life in general. And then we start becoming, we hear the word, we go to church every Sunday, but it's landing there and it's getting stolen. No change is taking place. I realize the scriptures is focusing on receiving the gospel for salvation. I understand that. But even for mature believers, it's so important that we don't allow our hearts to get hardened over time. I've met those people, they're the same, they'll never change. Whatever, we start becoming cynical and bitter and whatever, twisted, and our hearts become hardened. For example, we can think, I've been a Christian for a long time. There is nothing that I haven't seen, nothing that I haven't heard. And without realizing it, even with that attitude, we start to realize that our hearts are becoming hard. Our familiarity or our skepticism or our negative experience don't remove us from salvation. You're still saved they have but they just remove our ability to hear God and trust God and for the r- word to take root in our lives and change us um, or having healthy relationships or having or embracing teachable moments we can become hard to these things and our faith uh, think about this the faithful relational joy of knowing and trusting Jesus which is what we want to be is replaced by a faithless ritualistic routine that doesn't produce any positive change i'm going through the motions But I didn't realize that over time my heart had become hardened. So I'm still going through the motions, but I'm not seeing any change. The scary thing is that so often it happens to us and we didn't even see it happening. We just find ourselves one day and we think, how on earth did my heart get here when it wasn't here before? Um, So today we are trusting the Holy Spirit to reign, R-E-I-G-N, R-A-I-N, over our hearts and to soften them again so that we will be so excited and hungry for the word of God. 1 Corinthians 8 verse 1 to 3 says this, Now regarding your question about food that has been offered to idols, we know that we, have all, we, we all have knowledge. So you're sitting here, we all have knowledge about this issue, or I think most issues. But while knowledge makes us feel important, it is love that strengthens the church. Anyone who claims to, have, to know all the answers doesn't really know very much. How's that for a hard-hitting scripture? Anyone who claims to know all the answers doesn't really know very much. But the person who loves God is the one whom God recognizes. And I've said this, and we know this. We don't want to be those people who listen to every sermon, every podcast, watch God TV, which, if that's what you like, you watch God TV and you read every book and you listen to all these things. Meanwhile, it's just landing on the thing and getting stoned, landing on the thing, getting stoned. And what we become is critical of everyone else that's not listening to the same thing and doing the same thing. But we've, we've seen no change. If anything, it's not that we aren't where we want to be, it's that we're not even where we used to be. Is it possible that we can love Jesus and still walk backwards? Knowledge is entry-level faith. Faith takes what is in the head into the heart, and then it turns out in actions. I hope you're not feeling rebuked. Um, This prayer meeting this morning, someone said, Lord, I thank you that they won't be offended by the word. (laughs) Um, But, yeah... This, this is the word. 2 Timothy 2, verse 14 to 16. Keep reminding God's people of these things. But Tim, you said this before. Keep reminding God's people of these things. Warn them before God against quarreling about words. It is of no value and only ruins those who listen. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved. It doesn't say do your best to present other people to one as God approves. It says present yourself. I can't soften your heart. The person next to you can't soften your heart. The person who loves you the most can't soften your heart. Guess who can soften your heart? You. A worker who does not need to be ashamed. Sorry, that is quite warm. A worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. Avoid godless chatter because those who indulge in it will become more and more ungodly. We get saved. We love Jesus. We get more and more information and knowledge. And then we fill ourselves up with, oh, it's dead. And then we fill ourselves with all this stuff. And then what we do is we argue and argue and we get into debates over scripture. Instead of letting love be the thing that people are saying, it's how much we know. We know nothing if we think we know something. And when we know something, it comes through in love. Um, We know that our hearts are getting hard when we think things like this. I've heard this before, I don't need it. Or, what can this person teach me? Or, been there, done that, got the t-shirt. When we are no longer teachable, it's a warning that our hearts have become hardened. Why why can't it be a middle ground? It's either freezing cold or boiling hot. Um, Anyway, that's off the topic. That's just my brain. Um, The Pharisees were hard-soiled hearers, right? Jesus said, You whitewash tombs, you brood of vipers, you make your followers twice the sons of hell that you are. Right? He loved them. Yet their hearts had become so hard that even when the truth itself was standing right in front of them, they didn't even recognize them. And what happens is we can have our hearts become so hard that the truth itself stands right in front of us. The power of Scripture by the Spirit of God. And we just reject it or we don't receive it because we don't realize that our hearts are hard. He loved them. Yet their hearts had become unteachable. Jesus wasn't against the people. He loved the people. He was against the pride that hardened their hearts because they thought that their knowledge of Scripture somehow elevated them above other people. You might know the most about Scripture in the room. It, it adds no elevation. If you, if you know the most, you, you love the most. And you know, so otherwise, this, this, this stuff, it just informs us, but it doesn't transform us. Uh, truth received in faith causes information to become revelation which results in transformation and transformation is expressed through actions Proverbs 4 verse 23 and I say this as a word I believe to my life to your life, to the community it's so incredibly important above all else guard your heart for everything you do flows from it where is your heart? and I'm not criticizing throwing stones I'm asked myself this before God where is my heart? so easy to let it go hard over time. And I think right now the world is trying to make your heart hot. Um, Our hearts are like wells, and the enemy is trying to throw rocks into those wells to clog them up. But he's not going to succeed. And and besides the devil, everyday life is a way of hardening hardening us if we are not intentional. Relationships become robotic, ritualistic routines, and eventually become rivals. This is a heart issue. Hosea 12, 10 verse 12, which I believe is a word to the church at the moment. I said, plant the good seed of righteousness and you will harvest a crop of love. Ply up the hard ground of your hearts. For now is the time to seek the Lord that he may come and show righteous, shower righteousness upon you. It doesn't say, look, let me do it. It says this apply up the hard ground of your hearts for now is the time to seek the lord that he may come and shower righteousness upon you the next one if you're taking notes is the shallow heart are we all okay we're not feeling criticized (laughs) you're still feeling a little feeling the love um luke 8 verse 13 so those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it but they have no root they believe for a while but in a time of testing they fall away uh this is when we have an emotional response to the message so i preach the message and it was oh I love it. It's amazing, you know, and they get the word in there and it starts to produce things, but it doesn't go anywhere. It's very short lived. For example, what an incredible preach on forgiveness. Oh, I nailed it. Loved your preach on forgiveness. It goes into the head, but that's as far as it gets because the time comes when somebody offends you, which they will. We think to ourselves, that word has never gone from the head to the heart. Therefore, I can't or will not forgive them. Why? Because it was a head thing. Um, So. When the sun hits a plant that's roots don't go deep enough, what does it do? Instead of nourishing the plant, it just dries it up and kills it. Um, and let me tell you, the sun is, test, is the testing that will come our way. And it will come our way. As a pastor, I don't want to be entertaining. I want to be effective. I don't want you to leave here happy. I want you to leave here changed. Happy would also be nice. Um, I would like it if you leave you happy. But there's no point in being happy if there's not some transformation going on. Oh, that was the best preach I've ever heard in my life. What an amazing preach. But it goes into the head. What did he preach on? I don't have a clue. I <laughs> don't know what he was talking about, but it was fun. In one ear, out the neck next and it never goes from in one ear and then settles and we understand it and then what happens is it starts to become a heart issue and then we changed and that change, by the way when the holy spirit brings about is permanent um you know i don't want to preach a message everyone high-fives me and gives me a pat on the back and in three weeks time no one and i'm not saying you need to remember what i said but there needs to be some sort of fruitfulness that comes from it in the future Like sowing seeds into the sea. We don't want to take the seeds, the word of God, or what we've got, and just throw it into salt water or to pearls to pigs. Uh, And I'm not saying you are either of those. The word that goes into our heart needs to become who we are. Because we know this. Church, we know this. When we leave these walls, these doors, the rubber hits the road. Life happens. And the the going gets tough. And it's not the tough that get going. It's those that are established in faith. In school, we learn for the test. In life, we learn from the test. Tests come our way. And when they do, we want to learn the right lessons and make sure our hearts are open to God. And life has a way of testing us. Some of you are being tested right now. You are going through a squeezing, a crushing, and you might not like what comes comes out from the inside. But if this week and next week we take the word of God, then all of a sudden our hearts will become softened and we'll start to find hope um, that Jesus is the truth. He is the way. The next is the crowded hearts. I feel very lonely. Um, won't, Won't you just give me a, that's going okay or something there. Not for me. A little bit of encouragement goes a long way. Luke 8 verse 14. The seed that fell along among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures. And they don't mature. Warren Wiersbe, he's a great commentator, he says this, The soil illustrates the person who does not repent and weed out the things that hinder the harvest. There is enough soil so the root can go down, but not enough for the room for the plant to grow up and produce fruit. The plant is crowded out by the fruit and the fruit is choked. Cares, riches, and pleasures of life, um, all like weeds in the garden. They keep the soil from being fruitful. In other words, this, I love Jesus. I take Jesus. I accept Jesus, but I also want to share Jesus with everything else that I desire. And, and sometimes there isn't space for all of it. <laughs> so what I'm going to do is I'm going to generally push a little bit of Jesus out, and then I'll take the other things. And Rick Warren says this, So many talented, talented people give first-class allegiance to second-class causes that diffuse their energy, weaken, and impact and waste their lives. So we're like, oh, Lord, I want you. I want you so badly. I want you, my Lord and Savior, but oh, Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes Benz? Um, My friends don't all have Porters, just so that you know. 1 Timothy 6, verse 17. Command those who are rich. So this is a command to all you rich people. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain. Wow, this was written 2,000 years ago, and luckily didn't even know about the stock market then, I guess. But to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for for our enjoyment. God does want to bless you. How many people uproot their families, disconnect from local church to go find greener pastures? I'm not against going anywhere. I'm saying this, it needs to be led by God. Confirmation. Going, not running from something, but going to something. Why? Because God is leading you. Right, so we don't run around looking for greener pastures. We search for God in the circumstances we find ourselves. And don't get me wrong, God wants to bless us. We just need to make sure that our heart is after Him. We can't say, "I'll devote myself to God when I'm more established, when I have more money, when business picks up, when I have more time, when the kids are older," because those things will happen and they will keep happening. And as we get older, our responsibilities increase, and so do our worries. And we become so busy trying to build something. And then even busier trying to hold it all together. And then all of a sudden we wonder why God is so far away. I believe that true success is living a life of obedience to God. And I'm, I'm not always there. And all too often we get distracted. Yet today we're coming back to the heart of worship. It's your decision actually. The last is the fruitful heart. Fruit... Is evidence that our faith is in the right place. So when people meet you, they're not, uh, why, why do I know they're a Christian? Because they told me. They laugh. everything about their life tells me. And they told me. And they invited me to Alpha because they're very, very nice people. Uh, Luke 8, verse 15. But the seed on the good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word. In other words, you are in an environment where the word is being sown. You're reading your Bibles, you are going to church, you are in a space where it's being sown, right? Um, They retain it. In other words, it doesn't just go in one ear, out the next, and how much information? It settles in the heart, and by persevering, which means that you sometimes don't see things for a long time, but you keep on keeping on, and you trust God, produce a crop. So what does fruit look like? It's faith in action. Not what we know, how we live. Matthew 7 says that you will know them by their fruit. In other words, we don't just hear the word of God, we don't just read the word of God, we turn the word of God into actions. Um, How does my spouse know that I've heard? Because I've turned it into actions. How does your boss know that you've heard them? Because you turn it into actions. How does God know that we've heard him? Because we turn it into actions. Um, Today, I trust that all of us will be honest about the condition of our hearts, mine included. If, if we went to uh, the doctor for an ECG and they said, wow, you need to make some serious changes. You, you know, your life really needs to change. The change won't come from hearing the doctor. It won't come from even from understanding the doctor. It will come from trusting the doctor and doing what they say. Otherwise, it's just wonderful information that still will result in the same thing that we're trying to avoid. You know, it won't help to tell the doctor, look, I just want to let you know, Doctor. I don't drink, don't smoke, I eat eat seven vegetable types every single day. I have a healthy diet, I exercise all the time and hope that they believe us, hope that we believe ourselves and hope everyone else believes us. You will know by the fruit. Today isn't about getting us to pretend to be something we're not. I'm not trying to say, guys, let's all put on religious masks and start becoming weird and different. I'm saying this, it's a condition of the heart. Where are our hearts today? Because if we prepare our hearts, guess what? We will grow in faith. And next week's word, I believe, will take root and take our faith to the next level. So today, before that seed is sown, we need to soften the soil. So this week is softening the soil. It's actually saying this. If homework time, if you could take out your homework books. Um, We don't have homework books. We don't have homework books for anyone that's visiting. Spend some time, just you and God. And say, Lord, is my heart with you? Not just on Sundays. Is my heart with you in my workplace? Is my heart with you in my marriage? Is my heart with you in my daily activities? Is my heart with you in my finances? Let's all go before God and do an audit and give God our heart again. It's wonderful to say that we know this already. But is it producing the fruit in the life that we think it should? Are we not just where we want to be? Are we even where we used to be? And God wants to take us beyond where we are now into where we think we're going and beyond that too. The harvest is ready and God wants to do something. I want to read one scripture, then we close, which I've read already. Hosea 12, 10 verse 12. it It's got to scroll back up and find it. It says this. I said, plant the good seed of righteousness and you will harvest a crop of love. Plow up the hard ground of your hearts. For now is the time to seek the Lord that he may come and shower righteousness upon you. What does God want to do? He wants to shower righteousness upon you. All you've got to do, get the soil ready, and God will do the rest. So I'm going to pray, and I realize that it was maybe it didn't seem as fun as ever, but if, if you go and spend some time with God and say, Lord Jesus, I just want to spend time with you. I don't want to go through the motions. I want to love you. I want to know you. I want scripture not just to be this dry desert. I want it to be full of life. And then let God soften your heart. Because when your heart's soft, all of a sudden scripture starts to become a wonderful seed that we embrace. As opposed to, oh, it's so hard I don't feel like reading it. Scripture is life. If you want more life, you need more scripture. Scripture is also a revelation of Jesus. There is nothing better you can do with your time than serve Christ. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, I pray for all of us, those listening online, those in the room, for myself, that we will come back to the heart of worship, that our hearts will be yours, that our hearts will be soft. Help us not to become so knowledgeable, Lord Jesus, that the word just keeps getting stolen because pride's crept in. I pray, Lord Jesus, that we don't share our allegiance with you and other things. If you tell us, Lord, to do something, we, we will do it. If you tell us to stop something, we will stop it. If you tell us, Lord Jesus, that our hearts have grown hard, Lord, help us to be humble enough to say, Lord Jesus, we give you our hearts again. Make them soft. Help us, Lord, to open ourselves to what you want to do. I pray, Lord, that everybody in this room will be very intentional about spending time with you because life will happen. And if we are not intentional, then life will harden us. But when we are intentional, Jesus, about putting you first, then our hearts remain soft and teachable. I pray, Holy Spirit, that all of us will have good soil hearts. And even next week, Lord Jesus, as we preach about how to take our faith to the next level, I thank you, Lord Jesus, that it will land on good soil. And it will produce an incredible harvest. I pray, Lord, that we will give you our lives completely, every area. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.